this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, we're still talking about the blessings, but I want to particularly talk about what it means to be reborn in the blessing. Reborn in the blessing. Somebody say reborn in the blessing. So I hope you have your spiritual ears on today. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because you know I am the teacher. My wife's a preacher. And Minister Abbott, she's the exhorter. <laughs> Amen. But turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Where it says, therefore, if any man be what? In Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Now, when people read this, people have a hard time believing that they can operate in the power of the blessing the same way Jesus did or in the same way the early apostles did. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, they don't picture themselves multiplying natural resources. They don't picture themselves multiplying loaves and fishes. Come on, say amen. They don't picture themselves healing the sick or even raising the dead. That's for somebody else. Come on, say amen, somebody. Yet in the Bible, Jesus time and time again declared that any person with simple faith in him can do all those things and more. Let me say it again. Can do all those things and more. Well, look at John 14, 12. John, St. John chapter 14, verse 12. Look what he says here. He says, verily, verily, I what? Say unto you, he that what? Anybody believe on him in this room? Yes. Say, so he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and what? Greater works than these shall he do, because why? I go unto my Father. Then he says in verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I what? Do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, he says, I will do it. Come on, he said, I will do it. Come on, are you with me out here? Then we talked about this Wednesday when we were talking about, hey amen, don't let your faith take a vacation. And Matthew 17, 20, I'll give you time to turn there. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, and it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall what? Remove, and nothing shall be what? Impossible unto you. Now he said with simple faith in him, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Come on, somebody say, I received that. Then he says in Mark 16, 17, turn there. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. When you get there, say amen. He says, and these signs shall what? Follow them that what? Believe. Do you believe in here? Well, he says, in my name they shall what? Cast out devils. In my name they shall what? Speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not what? Hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall what? Recover. Now, if you believe these scriptures to be true, I don't know about you. You have to be wondering, 
Why has the body of Christ as a whole not embraced these scriptures? Why aren't millions of Christians who show up for church every Sunday, why aren't they rocking their communities for Jesus by preaching the gospel with signs and wonders? Because isn't that what the scriptures told us we're supposed to be doing? And the simple answer is this. Most Christians don't know who they are. Let me say it again. Most Christians don't know who they are. Tell your neighbor, most Christians don't know who they are. They have been brainwashed by the devil into believing that they're still just old sinners saved by grace. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, they've been convinced by religious tradition that they are nothing more than fallen human beings who have been forgiven by a loving God. And as a result, they spent their entire Christian lives identifying more with the defeated Adam than with a victorious resurrected Jesus. Come on, are you with me out there? Now, you may still have some people in here right now that are still saying, well, pastor, I am an old sinner who has been saved by grace or forgiven. And I would say to you, no, you're not. Tell your neighbor, no, you're not. Why? Because that's religious tradition. See, you're either a sinner or you've been saved by grace. But you can't be both at the same time. Let me say it again. You can't be both at the what? Same time. Now, if you are truly a sinner, before you leave here, we can take care of that. And you can receive Jesus and do what? And get saved. But if you're already saved, then stop thinking of yourself as the same person you were before you were born again. Let me say that again. If you're already saved, anybody saved in this room? Then stop thinking of yourself as the same person you were before you got born again. Get that phrase, I'm an old sinner, out of your mind and get it out of your mouth. Because why? Because spiritual law declares that we have what we say. Matter of fact, look at Mark chapter 11, verse 23. My wife's favorite scripture. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. We have what we say, folks. So you got to get that out of your mouth. Mark eleven twenty three says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall what? Say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he what? saith shall come to pass. Here it goes. He shall have. What? He shall have what? Whatsoever he saith. See, you have what you say, good or bad. We'll turn to Proverbs 18.21. That's why you got to watch what you say, especially about yourself. Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21. It reads, death and what? Life are where? Are where? And the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall what? Eat the fruit thereof. Well, let me read this from some other translation. The New Living Translation reads it this way. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk <laughs> will reap the consequences. I didn't get a lot of amens out of that one, did I? <laughs> the Living Bible reads, those who love to talk 
will suffer the consequences. And it says, men have died for saying the wrong thing. That's it in a nutshell, folks. You got to watch what you what? Say. Well, look at one more. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Look at one more. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. No, you can't just let anything come out your mouth. Are you with me out there? Romans 4, 17 says, as it is written, I have made thee a what? Father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who what? Who quickened the dead. But it says here, and calleth those things which be not. As though they what? Were. It says, God what? Calleth those things that be not as though they what? Were. See, this is spiritual law, folks. If you keep calling yourself a sinner, Satan will see to it that your confession comes to pass. Amen. He'll have you acting like a sinner before the sun goes down. And unless you change what you say, he'll keep you acting that way for the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying just because you're saved, you're going to live a sinless life. You're not going to be perfect. Tell your neighbor, you're not going to be perfect. Now, you will miss it. Has anybody found that out? And you will sin from time to time. But as you walk out the process, listen to me now, as you walk out the process of renewing your mind to what the word of God says, you will occasionally behave in ways not consistent with who you really are. Let me say it again. As you walk out the process of renewing your mind to what the word of God says, you will occasionally behave in ways not consistent with who you really are. Let me say that one more time because somebody should get free just from that alone. As you walk out the process of renewing your mind to what the word of God says, you will occasionally behave like some of y'all been doing. You will behave in ways not consistent with who you really are. But that doesn't change the fact that as a born again child of God, you are not by nature an old sinner. 2 Corinthians 5.17, look at that again. Because on the contrary, the New Testament is going back to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Look what it says here. Let's look at it again. Therefore, if what? If any man what? So are we established we're in Christ? If any man be in Christ, he is a what? He's a what? He's a new what? Creature. Then it says, old things have passed away. And behold what? All things are become new. Now, the phrase new creature doesn't refer to something old that's been refurbished. Let me say it again. The phrase new, new creature does not refer to something old that's been refurbished. It doesn't describe a forgiven sinner who's been cleaned up a little bit. See, a new, crea- a new creature is a freshly created species of being that has never existed before. And guess what? That's who you are. Let me say it again. A new creature is a freshly created species of being that has never existed before. And guess what? That's what you are. Tell your neighbor, that's what you are. See, the old sinner you once were has passed away. Let me say that one more time because some of y'all ain't getting this. The old sinner you once were has passed away. Guess what? He died. 
I hope he died anyway, unless you resurrected him. <laughs> Come on, he died the death of the cross with Jesus when you gave your life to him. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, in that instant, you were what? You were recreated. You became a brand new person in Christ. Well, look at verse 21. It says, and he, and he has what? Made him to be sin who knew no sin that we, somebody say me, me. that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in him. Notice this verse doesn't say that God accounted righteousness to us. See, he hasn't just given us credit for righteousness we don't really possess. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, that's an old sinner concept. That's what he did for people like Abraham before Jesus came to complete the work of redemption. Are you with me out there? Amen. See, they counted their sin debt paid on the basis of what Jesus would do one day. Come on, for them in the future. Amen. See, he treated them as righteous despite their fallen condition. But isn't that what God does for us? Come on, isn't that what God does for us? Somebody say yes. See, God has canceled our sin debt. As surely as he did theirs, he, listen, he has recorded in the Lamb's book of Lamb's book of life, folks. Let me say that again. He has recorded in the Lamb's book of life that we were crucified on Calvary. It shows that we died. It shows that we died. It shows that we went to hell. It shows that we suffered the full penalty for our sins. Heaven has recorded that we were raised from the dead in righteousness and seated on the throne of grace at God's right hand, folks. See, on earth, we haven't recorded that Jesus does those things or did those things. Come on, say amen, somebody. But heaven has it recorded in our name because why? Because he was our substitute. Everything he did was for us. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And as New Testament believers, we have more than just a legal record of righteousness in heaven, folks. We've actually been made. We've actually been what? Made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as spotless and without sin as Jesus himself. That should be good news for somebody in this room. Now, to do that, listen to me now, to do that, he had to make us new creatures. Why? See, he couldn't take the old sin nature and make it righteous any more than we can take an old beat-up Volkswagen to the repair shop and get back a Cadillac. Come on, are you with me out here? Such a thing as what? It's impossible. Tell your neighbor it's impossible. So why? Because a Cadillac has to be manufactured. It's made to be a what? Cadillac. Amen? The same thing is true spiritually. See, truly righteous men must be what? Must be created or manufactured that way. Come on, are you following me out here? See, when they are born again, somebody say born again. When they are born again, their old, fouled up, sinful spirits are by the power of the Almighty God 
manufactured into the spiritual equivalent of a Rolls Royce. Now, you may ask, which is going to be a valid question. You may ask, if I'm such a spiritual giant, then why do I still deal with so many of the same struggles I had before I was born again? Come on, say amen, somebody. And the answer is this, because the part of you that was recreated is your spirit. Or what the Bible calls the inner man or the hidden man of the heart. And this is where you got to understand. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4. The answer is this. Because the part of you that was recreated is your spirit. Or what the Bible calls the inner man or the hidden man of the what? Heart. 1 Peter 3 4 talks about that. Some of you know some of this stuff, but faith comes by and hearing by the word of God, not what you heard. It's what you continue to hear. Amen? Let's, let's, let's say here in 1 Peter 3, 4. But let it be the what? The what? The hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. I'm not going to go there, ladies. because <laughs> he's talking about you here, but I'm not going to go there. See, your spirit is the real you. Let me say it again. Your spirit is the real you. See, in the Bible, it's often referred to as the heart because why? It's the core of who you are. It's the life and power center of every human being in this room. Now, although your spirit has been reborn in the image of God and is absolutely perfect, there's more to you than your spirit. As you know, which you should know, you are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a physical body. Come on, say amen, somebody. What I see, I don't see the real you when I look out on this, uh, in this audience. I just see the house that you live in. The real you, I cannot see because it's spirit. Come on, are you with me out here? We'll go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, because it mentions all three. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. You're a what? Three-part being. You are a what? Spirit. You have a what? Soul. And where do you live? In a physical body. Here, first, first Thessalonians chapter three, chapter 23. Amen. It mentions all three, and it says, And the very God of peace do what? Sanctify you wholly. And then he says, I pray God your whole what? Your whole what? Spirit and soul. And body be preserved, what? Blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to notice something here. The spirit is mentioned first. Then the soul. And then the what? What's mentioned first? 
Then the what? Then the what? There's a reason for this. Tell your neighbor there's a reason for this. See, the power of the new creation works from the inside out. It starts in your spirit. Let me say it again. It starts where? It starts where? Then what happens? Then your mind is renewed to what has taken place within you. Your soul is then changed. Let me say it again. Then as your mind is renewed to what has taken place within you, then what happens? Then your soul is what? Changed. Well, look at Romans 12 too. Some of you got that look on your face like, what is he talking about? But just see right here. <laughs> Amen. Your mind is what? Renewed to what has taken place where? Inside you. Then your what? Soul is changed. Romans 12, 2 says, and be not what? Conformed to this world, but be you what? Transformed how? How? By the renewing of your mind that we may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, now you have to increasingly grasp your true identity in Christ. And as you do, what happens? Your thoughts, your words, your actions, and outward circumstances begin to reflect your identity. Let me say it again. As you increasingly grasp your true identity in Christ, what happens? Your thoughts... Your words, your actions, your outward circumstances do what? They start to reflect your what? Identity. You start looking like what you look like on the inside. But that's as you what? Grasp your true identity where? In Christ. Turn to 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. You're going to be blessed today. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be blessed today. Because I'm going to receive it all today. 2 Corinthians 5, 3, 18, rather. But we all, with open face, what? Beholding as a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from what? Glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of of the Lord. Let me read this from the Amplified Translation. It says in the Amplified, it says to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord we are constantly being transfigured into his own image in an ever increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. It says we are what? We are constantly being what? transfigured into his very own image, come on, in an ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to what? To another. See, believers who don't see in the mirror of the word of God who they are in Christ can live in defeat for years, feeling as much a loser as they were before they got saved. If they have no idea what a new creature is, although they love Jesus, some people continue to drag their past with them everywhere they go. 
Come on, are you with me out here? And some people as a child were told they would never amount to much. Come on, are you with me out there? And sometimes it was from religious folk. And how they responded is they wouldn't have anything to do with church folk or their churches. Come on, say amen, somebody. But those words went down deep. And just listen here. And suddenly you start believing what they said. And then you start looking at yourself that way. Oh, y'all with me out there? So your answer, as, as I might, your answer usually is, I might as well live like a sinner. I might as well live like a devil. And that's what some people have done. Amen? People have done that for years because that's, that's the way they look at themselves. But if it wasn't for somebody praying for you, your mama, your grandmama, come on, uncle, aunt, come on, say amen, somebody. If it wasn't for somebody praying for you, you might have stayed in that condition. But thank God their prayers were answered. And guess what? You got saved. But listen, you can be saved and still not know you've been made the righteousness of God. But when you come to understand what righteousness is, Right standing with God. Come on, you won't be able to contain yourself. Especially if you had been a if you had a bad past like mine. Come on, say amen, somebody. When you find out that old things have passed away, thank God. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. When you find out that old things, thank God, have passed away. And all things are become new. That's good news. Tell neighbor, that's good news. Tell somebody else that's good news. But this is vital information. Tell your neighbor this vital information. This is vital information for every believer. They need to know this. Anyone who, who wants to operate, anyone who wants to operate in the fullness of the blessing must understand what really happened to us when we got saved. If you don't understand what happened to you when you got saved, you will not fully operate in the blessings like I'm talking about right now. Come on, say amen, somebody. We need to realize, think about this, we need to realize the creator himself, Holy Spirit, what did he do? He hovered over us, folks. And then he planted the seed of God's word on the inside of us. And what happened? And we were spiritually reborn. What happened in us spiritually is the same thing that happened in the Virgin Mary physically when she conceived Jesus. Follow me now. Just like the word. The word became what? It became the supernatural sperm. Come on. It became the supernatural sperm seed in her body. And it brought forth Jesus into the world. Come on. The word of God implanted in our human spirits brings forth Jesus in us. Let me say that again. Just like the word of God became the spiritual sperm seed in Mary's body. And brought forth Jesus into the world. The word of God. Planted, implanted into what? In our human spirits. Bring forth Jesus in us. 
Look at 1 Peter 2.23 or 1.23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Maybe this will bring it home to you. 1 Peter 1.23. It says being what? Born again. Being what? Being what? Not of corruptible seed, but of what? Incorruptible. By what? By what? By the word of God, which what? Liveth and abideth forever. How are we born again? By the what? By the what? By the word of God. Now, one of the best pictures of what happens to our spirits at the new birth is found in the beginning in Genesis. In the Genesis account of the creation of Adam. Go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. When God created divine life into him. This is the best example we can give. It's the best picture you can picture. You can actually picture what's going on. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Are you there? It said the Lord God did what? Foreign men of the what? Dust of the ground. And he what? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a what? Living son. That's in God said, man be, and man was. In Genesis 1, 26, it says, a chapter back, and God said, let us what? Get this now. Let us what? Make man in our what? Image after our what? Likeness, and let them have what? Dominion over the earth and everything in it. See, when that word went into Adam, what happened? He lit up with the very life of God himself. He lit up, folks. Say, neighbor, he lit up. He was love just like God was love. He was light just like God is light, folks. Adam, like God, was free. Come on, not free. Adam, like God, was fire. Somebody say fire. He was fire from the loins up and fire from the loins down. We'll go to Ezekiel 126. That's how it describes God. Ezekiel 126. Adam, like God, once again, was fire from the loins up and fire from what? The loins down. Look at Ezekiel 126. That's how it describes God. Look what it says here. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the what? Lightness of a throne. And as the appearance of what? A sapphire stone. And upon the lightness of the throne was what? Was what? Was the lightness of the appearance of a man above it. The appearance of what? Of a man above it. And I saw the color of amber and the appearance of fire round about within it. And from the appearance of his loins, talking about what? Who's he talking about? The likeness of the appearance of the man. It says, and I saw the color of amber as the appearance of fire round about within it. And from the appearance of his loins upward. And from the appearance of his loins even what? Downward. I saw as it were the appearance of what? Fire. And it had brightness round about. What happened? The very lightning of God, the very lightning of God's glory did what? It radiated out of Adam. If you looked at God and Adam standing together, 
You wouldn't be able to tell from one from the other because why? They were both covered in the same fire. Oh, yeah, hear me out here. Come on. And see, that gives you goosebumps just to think about that. Come on, are you with me out there? But guess what? But what's even more thrilling is this. The same thing happened to us when we were born again. Okay. The very spirit of the almighty God breathed what? It breathed new life into us, folks. What happened? He lit up our inner man with himself. The same way he lit up Adam in the beginning. He activated in our, in the, listen, he activated in our beings the very same words he spoke at the beginning of the garden. He said, man, be in our image and have dominion. He activated those words when you got what? Born again. If you could look on the inside of yourself, if you could look at your spirit right now, you would be absolutely stunned because why? What you will see is all the attributes of God. Guess what? You would see love. You would see joy. You would see peace. You would see patience. You would see the resurrection power and glory. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, you would realize that just as you were born naturally with the physical DNA, of your parents, come on, say amen, somebody. You have been born again with the spiritual genetics of God. Somebody say amen out there. Now, the problem is those attributes aren't fully developed yet. <laughs> and they're not mature. But guess what? They're still there. Tell your neighbor they're still there. See, it's just like a baby. At birth, that baby has all the physical parts, bones, organs, muscles, his parents have, but they're on a smaller scale. Come on, are you with me out here? See, you have on the inside of you everything you need to grow up and become on the inside and outside just like Jesus. I told you, the problem is people don't know who they are. And some of you are having a hard time with what I'm preaching even right now. See, your inner man, guess what? Your inner man is love just like he is love. Your spirit is blazing with a fiery light of his glory. Come on, you are light just as he is light. Tell you never, he's not exaggerating. Why? Because that's what the Word of God tells us. Go to 1 John 1, 5 if you don't believe me. You are light. You're blazing with the fiery light of His glory. It's on the inside of you. You just don't know it. I'm trying to give you a revelation of it right now or what you really have on the inside of you, folks. It's all through the Scriptures. Look at 1 John 1, 5. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is what? God is what? Light. And in him is no what? Darkness at all. That means those who have been recreated in his image are light too. Have you been created in his image and his lightning? Well, go, go to Ephesians 
The Bible says it over and over again. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Now, I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. The New King James Version says, For you were once darkness, but now you are what? You are what? Light in the Lord. Walk as what? Children of what? Light. As what? Children of what? Light. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. Come on, you are light just like he is light. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. What's it say here? You are what? All what? Children of what? Light. And the children of the day, we are not of night nor what? Darkness. What are we? We are children of what? Of what? Light. Now, we may not see it on the outside. But this is how you look on the inside. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. See, people don't have a revelation of what you really have on the inside of you, folks. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has what? That's what? Shine where? In our hearts. To give what? The light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See, that's powerful, but we're not done yet because why? In order to walk in the blessings, these are things you have to get a revelation of, folks. Come on, go to 1 John 1, 7. Because some of you still ain't convinced yet. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. What's it say here? But if we walk in the what? Light. As he is what? In the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from what? All sin. See, we can walk in the same light, folks. The light's what? The light is on the inside of us walking in the what? Spirit. Go to Philippians 2.15. But this is what we have to renew our mind with. Tell you, I got to renew my mind. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. Are you there yet? It says that we may be what? Blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye what? You do what? Shine as lights where? In this world, in the world, not as the world, but in the world. But go to Romans 13, 12. Notice what the word of God tells us to do in Romans chapter 13, verse 12. It says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore what? Cast off the works of darkness and let us what? Put on the what? The armor of what? Light. See, if you live from the inside out, it becomes armor against the works of darkness, folks. Finally, go to 1 John 4, 17. This is one of our favorites. God is light, right? Jesus is light, right? It says in 1 John 4, 17, 
Herein is our what? Love made perfect. That we may have what? Boldness in the day of judgment. Because here we go. As he is. So are what? We in this world. It doesn't say so we're going to be. It says so are we when? In this world when? Now. He is light and so are we. See, when you start meditating on scriptures like these and you let the reality of them saturate your mind, folks, you'll get rid of that sin tag that the devil used to drag you down, folks. You'll get to the point where you'll feel as if you're cussing if you said, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Come on, are you with me out here? What happened? You will develop. Somebody say you will develop. You will develop a righteousness consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. And that's when you really start having fun with God. Somebody say, I want to have fun with God. Why? Because God wants us to have that type of fellowship with him, folks. He wants wants us to have the type of fellowship that fills us with joy. Go to 1 John 1, 3. And this, even this is hard for people. 1 John 1, 3. It says, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have what? Fellowship with us, and truly are what? Fellowship with the Father and with his Son who? Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that you're what? That you're what? That you're what? Maybe what? Maybe what? Listen, he wants you to have such confidence towards him that even though he is the most holy, most, most holy and most high God, we can come into his presence and relax without one bit of self-consciousness. Why? He's not offended when we bounce into the throne room. Full of joy. Come on, say amen and, and smile and say, Abba, Father, let's have a good time together. Just you and me. Come on, just you and me. No, when you do that, God is thrilled. Tell your neighbor, he's thrilled. Yet most Christians would never dream of acting that way before God. Why? They think that to show respect, they must come to him with an undeserving attitude. And tell him how unworthy they are to be in his presence. Come on, say amen, somebody. And in reality, they're hurting his heart. Because why? He paid an awesome price to provide the way for them to come boldly to the throne of grace. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, he poured out his own blood. So every born-again believer could make so could be so could, could be made so perfectly righteous. That they could walk into the holies of holy with no sin consciousness whatsoever. Come on, are you with me out here? And he's been waiting for more than 2,000 years for the church as a whole to do the same thing. Amen? But then somebody say, well, Pastor Walker, you just don't know how hard it is for me. 
I really messed up some things. I'm not a shining example of a Christian. Spiritually, I still feel I'm just a nobody. I tell your neighbor, you're not a nobody. Why? Because God chose you to be his child before the foundation of the world. Come on, say, I'm a child of God. Come on, tell your neighbor, you're a child of God. See, it doesn't matter how unworthy you may feel emotionally. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter how emotionally you may feel. You may feel unworthy. But listen to me, folks. Don't you ever insult Jesus and the blood he shed by demeaning yourself that way. Sure, you made some mistakes. We've all made some mistakes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, we all made some mistakes. Amen. We have all done a lot of things that turned out to be mistakes. Am I right or wrong? But guess what? I don't know about you. I never got up in the morning saying, I believe I'm going to make a mistake today. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, once you have committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're doing your best to follow his word and walk uprightly before him, you may do something that turns out to be a mistake, folks. Come on, you may make some slip-ups. Anybody found out? But you've got to always remember, you've been what? You've been redeemed. Come on, say, I've been redeemed. Now, you just set out to make the mistakes, hopefully, prayerfully, amen. But the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 1, turn there. There's therefore now what? No condemnations to them which are what? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Right after the spirit. So all you got to do is what? Confess your sin. Receive your forgiveness. And keep on going. Let me say it again. Confess your sin. Receive your forgiveness. And what? Keep on going. And see, before you get a revelation of this, you may feel like Mr. or Mrs. Mistake. But once you get it, folks, you will be Mr. and Mrs. Redeemed. Why? Because you are born again. Come on, tell your neighbor, I am born again. Come on, say it again. Say, I am born. The same love that God has is on the inside of me. The same joy that God has is on the inside of me. The same patience that God has is on the inside of me. I just got to develop it. Now lift your hands and begin to give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and begin to give God glory. Come on, in order to walk in the fullness of the blessing, you've got to know who you are, folks. And you've got to know what it means to be what? Born again. Inside you is a fire. We just, we just got to get that fire out. So we can see it on the outside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you. 